0: I can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. The need and the desire has to be there first. If you're the type of person to make excuses, then you're probably gonna be making excuses later in life. At the end of the day, today's the youngest we'll ever be. When you're actually focusing on your habits, over time, a natural byproduct of that is you're gonna achieve the outcome that you're looking for. Most people that go to the gym are not training hard enough. Not only do we want to work hard, we also want to work smart. As strong is the new skinny. See food as something that's literally fuel for their body the better food choices that they make, it's going to allow them to actually get stronger, recover faster, and just be a better athlete. My first question that I wanted
1: to get started is, what's like one fitness myth that you hear all the time that people are like, oh, you cannot do this or you cannot do that. What is that one thing that you always hear that you're like, oh man, if they just knew that you could do like this little tweak and then it would change so so radically.
0: Of course. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. One big myth that I would say that I see quite a lot is people think that they can outwork a bad diet right a lot of people come into their fitness journey thinking that you know really is mainly about the exercise component of things and they're really consistent about showing up to the gym they go three times four times five times a week But then when they go home, they're not really changing their habits and behaviors when it comes to the foods they're eating or, you know, maybe even just how sedentary they are when they're not spending time in the gym. So, of course, the training aspects of things, it does matter quite a bit, but you also have to look at the other components of your lifestyle in order to actually get the results that you're looking for. So with the food, which is actually
1: interesting that you mentioned that because most of the people that I hear talking about that, they're almost more intimidated about going to the gym than the food. But I agree with you that the food is the tricky part that you might not think that is that important. What is something that you think people could get started with that towards making a good change that is going to stick? Like where could I start if if my diet and the whole thing is daunting? Mm-hmm. Where could I get started with that?
0: Yeah, so I think you know a lot of people when it comes to nutrition, the thing that they start thinking about is how they can actually restrict themselves and how they need to remove this and remove that from their diet and their overall eating habits and they focus on starving themselves, they focus on, you know, eliminating food groups, things like that when the reality is it can become a lot more simplified if you think about the foods that you can be adding in and think about Um, actually fueling your body in the right way with more whole foods. So instead of looking at, oh, I need to eliminate this food group, I need to really starve my body in order to get to where I want to be, which is not going to help you long term. What are the ways that I can actually fuel my body and eat more whole foods and going about that approach is going to make the process a lot more enjoyable and it's also going to allow you to see better results over the long-term game.
1: So when you say whole foods what does that mean like specifically?
0: Yeah so you know when I think whole foods I think of you know when you go into the grocery store and you know there's the bread aisle, there's the fruits, there's your vegetables, there's your lean protein sources, you have eggs, things like that. I think those are great examples and even for people who are you know maybe a bit more plant-based you know something like tofu or lentils um if you're not plant-based then things like greek yogurt and things like that things that aren't processed and super packaged is what i mean when i say whole foods
1: so what's your take with the whole plant thing because like we're in la everyone is like vegan this vegan that don't eat meat then i bump into people that are like No, I do carnivore
0: diet and all I do
1: is eat meat.
0: Yep. What's your take on that? In the fitness industry, there are a ton of different diets that that we hear about, um, you know, that come to surface all the time. Uh, Like you mentioned, there's a carnivore diet, there's a plant-based diet, there's low carb diet. There are all sorts of diets that exist out there in today's day and age. I think at the end of the day it's an individualistic answer that I would give. Between all my clients that I have, I have some that, you know, are on a plant-based diet. I have some that, you know, try to eat just an overall balanced diet, which is including plants, including, you know, animal sources of protein, um, including their vegetables and fruits, all of that, right, and actually having more balance. So I think it really just depends. But I will say that we all could benefit a bit more by eating more fruits and more vegetables. It's going to give us more micronutrients. We're going to get in better fiber in our diet as well. Of course, we all know that it's more environmentally friendly as well. So I will say that we can all benefit from having more plants in our diet. Um, But I also personally see the importance of having a balanced diet that includes animal sources of protein as well. So what do you eat? When I think of a balanced diet, you know, I think of healthy animal sources like, you know, chicken breast or ground turkey, um, even fish, salmon, you know, different things like that, lean ground beef. Um, You know, that's going to be like the main protein sources that I like to go to. And then I also think about what are some of the vegetables that I can incorporate, you know, whether this is making kale chips or something like mushrooms, bell pepper, Um, you know, there's a whole plethora of things that, you could be incorporating. These are some of the things that I enjoy. Tomatoes, onions. Then I also think of healthy carbohydrate sources, right? So when I think of a healthy balanced plate, I personally like to enjoy a healthy source of carbohydrates, which could be something like pasta or So you do rice. pasta? Of course. Yes. You need a balance of, of protein, of carbohydrates, and of healthy fats in order to actually have a balanced diet. So every time I eat pasta, it feels like a big cheat but i if
1: i'm honest with you i don't care like i don't eat it that often so whenever i eat it i'm like i'm just gonna eat it for the last like six months probably i've been trying to put on muscle put on weight and my problem is that i don't eat enough of course it's like i'm working all the time and then i forget to eat or like if i get in a flow and i'm like working on something or sometimes you just have like a crazy schedule where you're like Shooting from this time to this time, and then you have a call, and then you have to drive here, and then you have to do that. So I don't eat enough. Yeah, and that's my struggle. Most people, I feel like their problem is that they eat too much. Yep. I guess like when people are trying to work out and get better, they're eating too much and they want to lose weight. And I've always found that the the opposite. It's like I'm trying to gain muscle. So for someone like me, which is probably not the most people, but I still have a couple of friends that are
0: trying to do that. What would you recommend? Like, how do I eat more? Yeah, so I think when it comes to eating more, one of the best ways to do something like that, if you are in an situation where you are trying to build more muscle, put on more size, maybe gain a little bit more strength, Um, of course, eating solid foods is going to be very helpful to help you get there. But I would say one of the biggest and easiest ways to do it would be to actually make a smoothie or a shake in the morning. I hate smoothies. (laughs) (laughs) This man does not like smoothies or shakes. I I can
1: drink them. They're just so like messy. Like you make the blender and you make the thing and then it's like so messy like i hate it like my roommate abraham he loves the smoothies yep shout out to will vu like my friend will he loves his smoothies but then will is skinny like will is super skinny and he he's probably he's on another level where he's trying to eat the least amount possible so he can live longer and then he can also work like crazy okay so that's why he's doing smoothies so he doesn't have to even shoot so i need to try
0: smoothies <clears throat> Uh, that's what I would recommend. Of course there's other options too. I think the biggest one is actually starting with how many meals do you eat per day on yeah, an average given day?
1: 2 to 3.
0: Yeah, so I think you know even just building some consistency around having at least three meals per day would be a great place to start. I think a lot of the times when it comes to people trying to obtain their fitness goals, I think most people try to bite off more than they can chew. They aim really big, they aim really high. But then the issue is they get burnt out. They no. can't keep up with it. Yeah. So when that ends up happening, you know they view themselves of, oh, I'm a failure. I messed up. I made a mistake. Um, you know, I've, clearly this wasn't meant for me. But when we start taking small steps and we make it a big priority, when we start focusing on those little little things that we can actually improve on, just something as simple as eating three meals a day, something that you know you can keep up with. Of course, it's going to take effort. It's going to take a little bit of organization, but you know, when you start small and you build some confidence around it, then it's going to be easier to actually start. Okay. Now that I've handled this one aspect of it, where else can I improve now moving forward? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely one of those
1: people. Cause for me, like if I'm going to do something, I want to do it like way bigger and harder than the yep. average person. Sure. And then I run into that same problem. It's like, I do it, but if I'm doing like six meals a day and then I'm adding all those calories and just like making the food, cooking the food, of course. eating the food, yep. it becomes too much. So I can do it for like a week or two. But to be honest, like part of me is like, it's not as important. Like okay. if I'm, if i want to be hundred percent honest with yeah. you, it's like, it's not that important. When I look at all the things that I'm doing, yeah, I have also grown a lot in the last couple of years and I used to be really skinny. Like when I first came to America, I was 140 pounds. Mm. So imagine I was like 22, 6'3", 140 pounds. I was super skinny. And I always was like that. Like in Cuba, <clears throat> I always was very skinny. And I wasn't into working out or anything like that. So yeah. a few years after that, when I started, I was like, okay, I want to gain muscle. And I, like, I want to get stronger because I was getting like... Skinny fat where you're like, I had no, no uh, arms, but then I had a little, a little pouchy belly. Yep. So I didn't like that. So I started working out and like trying to do better with my food and I did better. I think I can achieve more. I just need to be more consistent with it and like make it more of a priority, but it's a struggle because like, do I want to make another video or go and eat more and go and buy food and then prep the food or. Yep. So how do you help people? who might have the desire, but haven't actually made it a thing, you know?
0: Of course, yeah. And I think it starts with an idea, right? It starts with the want, right? The need has to be there because, you know, as a coach, like I can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So the need and the desire has to be there first. And then from there, there's a couple of different factors that you can dive into. One is having the right structure, right? Does a a client or the person that you're trying to help, do they actually know what they need to be doing in order to get there? Because sometimes there's a gap there, especially during today's day and age where there's so much information that's out there, right? We have all, Every single thing that we and want, we have access at our fingertips.
1: And it's so conflicting because like, yep. you would hear from one person, oh, you have to eat <coughs> six meals a
0: day. Sure thing. And then from another person is, no, do intermittent fasting. Yes.
1: And then do one meal a day. It's so tricky.
0: Yeah. So that, that term is called information overload, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you mentioned, if you search what's the best workout, you're going to find a hundred different options. If you find search what's the best diet out there, you're going to find a hundred different options as well. So... How are you supposed to navigate what's right and what's wrong and what's going to work for you at the end of the day because you know it's not necessarily about like what you know this random article says or you know what they might be talking about but what's actually going to work for me so i think the first step is you know having the right structure and knowing what you actually need to do first and foremost secondly i think it comes down to having the right support system because when we try to do things by ourselves We have all been in a situation where, you know, we get quote unquote too busy or we're very tired and, you know, we tell ourselves like, hey, there's nobody watching me. If I skip this workout, if I skip this meal, who's going to know? there's nobody's gonna know right so we make excuses but if there's someone watching over you whether it's a friend or a coach or a cousin or whoever whoever it may be you know that you know as soon as you tell that person hey i did this hey i did that one you're gonna get called out on you know like hey you made a commitment and why are you doing this kind of thing and two you know that you have that you know, accountability, there's a little bit more pressure to actually do the things that you said you were going to do.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps a lot. I think that for me in the last year has been huge because I started training with uh, Abraham and then we started going to the zoo where you and I met. And the moment you walk into the gym, it's like all the everyone there is like there to work. Of course. So you're like, crap, like I need to like level up my game. I don't want to be like a little bitch here. You know, like people are working in really hard day in and day out. And at the same time, I have hear so many people say, oh, I, I need to find someone to work out with. Like, I don't have a, a workout buddy or like I need someone. And I think you need to have that whenever you can get it. Mm-hmm. But also you need to figure out a way to say, you know, I'm doing this for me. Of course. Uh, I remember you posted something on Instagram and I commented on it and we were talking back and forth about identity. And I, I wanted to touch on that because... I used to have an identity where I was like a nerd. I was the kid with the cameras. I knew how to edit. Like my thing was I'm more intellectual. I was not physical at all. And I played baseball when I was growing up for like six years. Okay. But I was always skinny and not like athletic. Yeah. I didn't see myself as being athletic. It took a while for me to figure out that who do I really want to be in life, like in the future. Yep. And part of that is like, I want to be like strong and building that completely changed my physique because I started to see myself as I'm the type of person that can do this. Sure thing. So tell me your take on that. Maybe how did you got into seeing yourself as that and then going into become a coach and all that?
0: Yeah, so growing up, my athletic background was uh, I actually used to compete in table tennis. So from high school to college, I competed in table tennis at a pretty high level. Um, I played in tournaments all over the country, and that was like my main background. Um, Going into college and everything, I continued to play table tennis. And that's, you know, I, I realized it really comes down to anything in life, right? You have to put in the reps, you have to put in the sets in order to get better, right? Practice makes perfect. A lot of the times we put ourselves in a a box, right? So in my head, I was a great table tennis player. Um, but you know, if you looked at my physique as well, I have a very similar background where I wasn't the biggest guy in the room. Um, in fact, I was one of the smallest and it was something that I get teased for is being very skinny after, you know, I graduated from college. I took some time off table tennis and I also, there was a time where I just really wasn't working out that much, but there's one moment that I distinctly remember where I looked at myself in the mirror and I did not recognize the person that I saw in the mirror, my reflection. I didn't recognize who that person was. And that's when I realized something has to change. This is back in 2017. And that's when I started my fitness journey. That's when I got my very first gym membership, was in 2017 um, at 22 years old. Uh, 23 years old around there and since then i just fell in love i fell in love with the process of strength training of you know eating in the right way because i realized by taking care of my physical health not only do i see a change and feel a change in my you know physique but also mentally i feel more confident i feel more ready to take on whatever life Mm -hmm. throws at me when i go through failure, I realize that every failure that I go through is one step closer to actually finding that success that I'm looking for. I also realize that just emotionally, I feel like a much more happier and just stable person because now I also have an outlet and I have a community where I can rely on people Mm -hmm. where, you know, I tell people too, if I'm having a great day, I'm going to work out. But if I'm having a shitty day, I'm going to work out harder.
1: Even more. Yeah, for sure. Like that is spot on i think it takes a while to get there yeah where now for me going to the gym is almost like leisure yeah it's almost
0: like fun would you say it's second nature do you have to force yourself to go or is it something you look forward to oh i look forward to it
1: okay there are some days there are some days that i don't want to do it sure especially if i didn't sleep well of course that that's usually the main thing also, if I haven't eaten well during, during the day, sure thing. I, I don't have like the energy. Yep. But dude, when I have a shitty day, it's like sometimes I will go to the gym like in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like I would feel like, you know, I have a very stressful work. Yes, sir. Things in life and everything that happens. Like I, I'm trying to do a lot of things. I have a lot of plates spinning yep. all the time. So it's very stressful. And every now and then it'll be like two p.m. and I'm like I I I need to let it out, yep. so I'll just either walk or like get in my car, go to the zoo and bang out a
0: workout. And it feels amazing. Of course. Really good. At the end of the day, the best investment you can make is the one that you make in yourself. And there's always going to be days where our emotions kind of take precedence, right? Where we're feeling tired or maybe we're just not feeling so hot. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's plenty of days that happen like that where, you know, like you mentioned, you don't feel like doing it. But when it comes to your work, if you have a day where maybe you don't get as much sleep or you don't eat as much, do you call off of work or do you show up anyways? Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to show up. Why? Because being a good employee, being a mm. you know, being your own you know entrepreneur and everything like that, it comes down to really taking action over relying on just your emotions all the time. Because you, we're, we're all human beings, right? We're all going to have different emotions that we feel throughout the day, throughout the week. But we also need to know what our priorities are, right? We need to know what our non-negotiables are. And if one of your non-negotiables is your identity, hey, I'm a hard worker no matter how I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. then that means, okay, even if I'm sad, even if I'm tired, sure, it's going to take a little bit longer to maybe hype myself up or Mm -hmm. get myself to actually go. But I'm going to go because that's who I am. And that's a part of my identity. Yeah, that's
1: really good. That non-negotiable thing has helped me a lot. In life a little trick that I use sometimes is I tell myself if you want to be this big film director and do all of these big things if you're not able to control yourself and make yourself do this workout how are you gonna be able to do a big action movie if like you don't want to be that yep so that works wonders for me usually when I'm not feeling all that great and I'm weak like physically tired I just run through that little script. Like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you said that you wanted to, like, be this big shot, right? So, yep. like, <clears throat> do it. Like, it, it works, but it's 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 really hard, too.
0: It's one of those things, right? Like, at the end of the day, today's the youngest we'll ever be. As time goes on, we're only going to have more and more responsibilities. So, it's like, if you can't make yourself a priority now, and if you can't take the steps that you need to take now, what is life going to look like five years from you know down the road from now when maybe you also have a family and you have a third business and a fourth business and you know all these blessings and opportunities and things that you've accomplished during that time frame you know if if you're not able to do it now when you know we have the time when you know we don't have all these crazy responsibilities then you know when is it going to happen right so we need to set up that foundation we need to build those good habits now because not only is it going to instill that you know sense of identity and that sense of confidence in ourselves but it's going to establish that foundation right for us to continue to build on as the days weeks years go by you know if you're the type of person to make excuses then you're probably going to be making excuses later in life too because that's just how that's a story you're telling yourself right that's how you're kind of wiring your brain yeah. to think but when we try to think of a place of, of problem solving and looking at things as just like little stepping stones then that's how you're going to think instead so you told me uh, <clears throat> that you're getting ready for the competition so tell me
1: about breaking beyond. So you, you start training, things are good and you're like in a good level fitness wise. How can a person take that good foundation and now start thinking, okay, how do I make my body perform in a way that is almost like 10x? sure above the average person
0: sure so i think it comes down to a couple things one of the main ones of course is your daily routine is what's going to set you up for success i think the second one is also realizing that we're all role models in our lives right we're all quote-unquote influencers because no matter you know if you have a big following or if you don't or if you're posting on social media or if you're not we all have people that look up to us we all have people that are Watching what we're doing. We all have friends and family members that, you know, they're watching what we're doing. So, one of the big things is realizing that I'm a role model for the people around me, and especially for me working as a coach. I need to make sure that I'm practicing what I'm preaching, right? If I'm if I'm telling my clients to take their nutrition seriously, if I'm telling them to take their recovery, regeneration seriously, and I'm not doing that myself, then, you know, like it kind of discredits everything that I'm saying. So I need yeah. to practice what I'm preaching. I need to realize that I'm a role model for the people around me. And when it comes to actually 10xing and everything like that, it really it lies in the small details and really for the most part it's just around staying consistent and actually staying committed to doing the things that you said you were going to do. So what are some of those details that if, if you could pinpoint, of course, these are specific to me and my competition, but every single day I hit a gallon of water a day, every single day, I'm hitting at least 10 K steps daily. I have a certain macro breakdown, you know, which breaks down into protein fats carbs that I'm trying to hit every single day to ensure that I'm actually doing what I need to do when it comes to that. When it comes to training i'm measuring as well um you know the sets the reps everything like that and you know i'm weighing myself every single day i'm going through my posing routine every single day and the reason why it's so detail oriented especially when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to training like i'm not winging it right i have the right structure in place and i'm actually measuring everything because when you measure things you can monitor them right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like going into the gym and not having a game plan like oh i'm gonna do what i feel like doing or not knowing like oh two weeks ago when i did this workout like what were the weights that i was using what were the sets and reps that i was doing and you're like oh i think i did 20 but maybe i did maybe i actually did 25 so i'm just gonna start with 20 again this week but if you're doing it that way that's
1: definitely me yeah like the last few months i've only been doing that like i go in i almost like it's almost like whatever i feel my body and I, I try to hit the different muscle groups and, sure and not, not skip them. Sure thing. You don't
0: want to skip leg day. Yep. But
1: I'm definitely not doing
0: that. So, you know, of course, I commend everyone that comes into the gym and that's there to work hard. But not only do we want to work hard in our fitness journey, we also want to work smart. Right. So that means that you need to periodically be, you know, pushing either the reps or the weight that you're using and if you are strength training in the right way if you are eating in the right way then you know the sky's the limit right i would say every three to four weeks you should be you know if you're able to do your three sets of 12 at a certain weight and you finish those 12 reps and you're like oh man i could have done a few more that means it's time to upgrade right that means it's time to get to that next step and more importantly, get out of your comfort zone because a lot of the times we'll sell ourselves short. Oh, I went to the gym today. I did a great job, right? When really the reality could be, hey, maybe I only pushed myself 60%. Maybe yeah. I went, but I only gave 60%. And, you know, for myself and all my clients, I expect that you're giving 85 90 95%. The reason why I'm not saying 100%, which might sound a little ironic, is a lot of people, especially beginners, when they go into the gym, they come in, they come in hard, they come in fast, they attack, they give literally their all. But then what's up happening after that is they're sore for three days. So they can't even work out or move. They're, yeah. you know, they're hurting the, everywhere. The, so. b-
1: the being sore, I actually like it sure now, thing. Like I feel like the other, I did, I did CrossFit for the first time, Very nice. like three days ago. Yep. My abs are still on fire. How do you feel about that? Let's say not beginners. Like we're talking about a little bit medium to advanced level. Sure. Should you go in and like kill yourself every single day or do you have a system for that?
0: Yeah. So I think it really comes down to individual by individual, of course. But at the end of the day, most people in the gym, and I know people are going to agree or disagree with this, but are not training hard enough. Most people that go to the gym are not training hard enough to see and create the the physiological changes that they want to create, right? So that's where this concept of what you measure, you can monitor, right? If you're doing the exact same weights for months on end, sure, you might be getting a great pump. Sure, you're working your body, but you're not challenging yourself in the way to actually promote The change or the result that you want to see. Does that make sense? Yes. But
1: what would that look like? Because I've done some workouts where it's like, man, I went hard. Like, it was painful. Of course. And I went hard. Yep. And I'm spent. Yes. And I'm in pain. And it's like, you have to pull your demons and everything to like, and you push and you went far. Yep. But I don't do those like all the time. Of course. Is that the level that you're talking about or like where do we like the range from like 1 to 10?
0: Yeah, I would say if you can do an 8.5 to a 9 every time, you know, not only are you pushing yourself, but you're going to be in a place where you're going to be somewhat recovered at least by the next time you do that session, right? If you're trying mm-hmm. to train every muscle group at least twice per week, you know, the first day that you do it, and another two to three days, you can go back and train the same muscle group without feeling completely fatigued or completely worn out or not really allowing your body to recover in the right way. So, you know, I think 8.5 to 9 is a great sweet spot, which is going to allow you to feel good, know that you went in, know that you trained hard, but also be ready for that next session, right? Because when it comes to fitness, this isn't just something that we do for two or three weeks and then we're done. Yeah, we're talking about and especially for my right. clients, especially when we're talking about creating uh, long term change, we're talking about something that you're going to do for, for the rest of your life. So what are some like cool stories of people that you have worked with and then they make this
1: massive change and you're like, wow, like this this shit actually works, you know?
0: Yeah. So my favorite is always working with my female clients. Um, one because I think there's a lot of just additional pressure that you know is just is placed on them to fall into society's you know standards of beauty and you know also especially in the South Asian community one of the first things people always bring up is your body and it's always hey you either lost too much weight you're way too skinny or you gained a lot of weight you need to go on a diet kind of thing so one of the biggest things that I love helping my female clients realize. Is that strong is the new skinny right so we're all here to be the strongest versions of ourselves i always encourage them to take up more space instead of feeling like they need to shrink to accommodate for others And just like helping them have that confidence in themselves, a lot of them when they come into my program are overtraining and under eating. So yes, overtraining and under eating because they have this concept of, you know, I need to do, not just do my training session, but I need to do all this cardio on top and then food is the enemy. Um, So let me just restrict, restrict. But we all know when we overly restrict, what ends up happening is you end up craving those foods a lot more. Um, you know, and when those cravings do hit, and when you give up that control because it's not a lifestyle, it's not something you can keep up with, you end up going into kind of like this binge cycle, right? So restrict, restrict, restrict. Maybe the weekend comes along, or maybe there's this event, and then you just completely let go, right? So that's also could be more similar tied into the all in or nothing approach when it comes to fitness. And in this particular situation, we're referring to nutrition specifically. So I think one of the biggest things is helping my clients realize that, you know, if they just come from more of a place of compassion, if they actually start, like we talked about earlier, fuel their body in the right way, see food as something that's literally fuel for their body. The more they eat, of course it needs to be the right types of foods, but the better food choices that they make, it's gonna allow them to actually get stronger, recover faster, and just be a better athlete in general. Food is so difficult because there's so many delicious foods.
1: Of course. It's unbelievable. Of course. It's (laughs) infinite. It's infinite. It's so good. Like for me coming from Cuba, there's so many foods here that oh, yeah. I had no idea that even existed. Yep. And every now and then I'll go somewhere and try something new. And it's like, yep. this is so delicious. So I understand that food is super complicated, but I think you're right. Women are under a lot of pressure in something like I wish everyone would like hear and know like that pressure. A lot of the times it's something that you might be thinking about. The rest of the people are not thinking about that. Like, Women are beautiful and, and when they train and the, when they work out and like you said, strong is the new skinny, it's amazing. Like being afraid of like, oh, if I, if I'm to this or to that, it's like, no, just like, I think if women could focus on how can they feel more happy with their bodies Yep. while going after the, the goals that they want, sure thing. but don't put themselves down in the process. Yeah. I think that would be, and that that goes for everyone. I, of course. I, I think. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that ties into our male audience listeners, female. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their own journey, right? We all are here to be the best versions of ourselves. So it kind of ties into this concept of comparison, right? And we mm-hmm. never want to compare our journey to someone else's. We can look at other people and what they're doing. And I always say we can try to find things that motivate us yeah. from them. But don't ever come from a place of, oh, they train for this long and they look this way. I've been training for this long and I look like this because their body's different. Their journey's different. And everyone, even if you and I were to eat the exact same foods, and let's say we're the same height, I know I'm a little shorter, but our bodies would still respond differently. And that's why this journey, yes, you can learn from other people, but it is very individualistic, right? And you never... Like I said, this can apply to the male or the the female clients as well. You never wanna directly compare from a place where you're putting yourself down. And I think it always helps when instead of thinking of like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. Let's say you go to the gym and you see someone squatting, I don't know, maybe 250 pounds on the bar. And you're like, oh, I could never do that. Like instead of putting yourself down for all the things you cannot do, I wanna encourage everyone listening or watching this to appreciate what your body can do instead. Because when you come from a place of appreciation and gratitude, it just changes the whole game and it changes your perspective on things a lot. For sure. I think if you're going to do any
1: comparison, you should just focus on comparing your effort that you were putting in a month ago versus the effort and the attention that you're putting in now. Yes. If you just do that, and as long as you're focusing on that, A year is going to go by like this, and then you're going to be able to see the the results. I agree 100% with everything that you said. I would just add that you do need to find a way to track progress and measure things. If you're not getting closer to your goal, then you have to be also hard with yourself and (coughs) tell yourself, you know what? Like, I need to stop eating the pizza this late at night, or I need to stop slacking off and like be on my phone when i'm at the gym everything with compassion and happy and grateful with your body but also put in the work and like motivate yourself and and go hard because i think you're gonna be better off for it like the other day i was like looking at pictures of me like back in 2017 and i was like so skinny and Mm -hmm. like and I was healthy and, and I didn't look terrible, but I see now and like the things that I'm able to do and like the weight that I'm able to push and just the way that I feel it has been a, a big change. And it's something that it just takes time. And I guess we just have to be patient.
0: Good things always take time in life. And it definitely does take a certain amount of just honesty and just being vulnerable with yourself. Or, you know, if you have a coach, then, you know, with others as well. You know, when it comes to just like this whole journey and everything like that, I think a lot of people get super duper fixated on a certain outcome that they're trying to achieve, whether it's losing the 15 pounds or whether it's getting your biceps to 20-inch arms or whatever the case might be. And we get really fixated on what is the outcome that I'm trying to accomplish, which is great, right? It's good to know where the long-term goal is or where you're headed, but instead of just slowly fixating on what the outcome is and then maybe, you know, after three weeks, you're not there yet and beating yourself up over it, let's try to focus on our habits instead, right? What are the little things that I can execute on and execute on on a daily consistent basis? Because when you're actually focusing on your habits, over time, a natural byproduct of that is you're gonna achieve the outcome that you're looking for. And then of course, you're gonna end up surpassing it too. But when we only focus on the outcome, then that can just go and take people down the wrong path. Now that you mentioned the thing about comparing
1: How do you handle yourself with social media and what you consume there? How does that affect you? Like, what's your strategy around that?
0: Yeah, so at the end of the day, there's only one S inactive. So I am unique. I am perfect the way I am. Um, Of course, there's areas that I would like to improve. And especially now that I am entering into a bodybuilding competition, where literally every detail of your body is being stared at and judged by others. It's one of those things where I'm not here to compare myself to someone else. I don't know how long they've been training. I don't know, you know, everyone has different muscle insertions, different genetics, different everything, right? So, But
1: you're literally going to walk on a stage to be compared to other people.
0: I understand that. And And you're
1: doing that on purpose.
0: Yes, of course. For me it's to prove myself to myself that I can do hard things. To me it's about getting more representation that hey, especially as someone who's South Asian, you don't really see too many of us, especially in not just in the fitness scene, but especially in the bodybuilding scene, there really aren't that many that have even done it, forget actually be successful at it. So it's more about proving it to not just myself, but proving it to others as well. And you know, when it comes to social media, I try to utilize social media as a place of always, what can I learn from this, right? Instead of like, you know, what are all these things I don't have or what are, whether it's the body or whether it's the car, or whether it's the, the hair or the mm-hmm. height or whatever it might be, I always try to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important, you know, if you're the type of person where, you know, you can very easily go down a dark rabbit hole if you spend too much time on social media, then also learning those boundaries around it, right? Maybe I need to cap myself at, an hour or two hours a day and just understand that, you know, if I just keep doing more, then it's just not going to help me at the end of the day. Because yeah. we we all use social media. It has different uses. But if you're just using it for avoiding your responsibilities or just to escape or uh, numb yourself or, you know, distract yourself, whatever the case might be, it comes down to that honesty. It comes down to understanding yourself and what you need and just making sure that you're using it in the right way. I've been doing a lot of social
1: media because you're reaching your clients and all that. So for you, it has a specific purpose. Yep. What have you learned in the last six months to a year while doing all that, doing your live
0: streams, creating content, TikTok, YouTube, all of that. We live in an incredible age and time. What I mean by that is through the internet, all of us have the opportunity and the potential to do something with our lives right there's over a million ways to make money in today's day and age really comes down to finding what you're passionate about and not just what you're passionate about but I'd also say something that probably is going to leave an impact on the world too yeah, and just in that that sense of things So find out what you're passionate about. Find out what also can leave a big impact on the world. But one of the greatest lessons that social media has taught me is that the world is vast, that there are a lot of opportunities that are out there. You know, I'm sponsored now by Fabletics, which is a men's clothing brand. Yeah. So like, you know, all these things and just the network that I built, the people that I've met, the clients that I get to work with, over 95% of the clients that I work with have no idea who I am outside of social media, meaning that I've never met them. I've never, you know, there's no correlation or anything, but just from me taking care of myself, sharing my passion, trying to educate, give value, share stories, everything like that, I'm able to attract what I like to call my tribe. And we all have a tribe out there. We all have things we're passionate about, and it's just understanding that you just need to go after it. And, you know, like I said, that we live in such an incredible time where there is opportunity left and right. You just need to grasp it. You just need to go for it. And of course, you need to realize that it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take sacrifice, especially if you have a big goal. In this case, were are some things that you have learned, like little
1: nuggets of like you know, if I do this, I can reach more people. If I do this, I can actually move the, the following number. The live stream doesn't work or the live stream does work. What are some like tactical things for people that might be trainers or people who are trying sure to thing. like build their audience?
0: So I think it really helps when you understand who you're trying to serve first and foremost, right? Who Who's the target audience of who you're trying to talk to and who you're trying to reach? Because when you understand that, now you can cater your message to those people. Instead of just trying to cast a wide net and catch whichever fish come your way, now you have a specialized bait, you have a specialized net, you're coming in during the high tide versus the low tide because you know that specific fish, and you know, this example is the one that you're gonna catch. So when you know your target audience, you're able to cater your message in a way that when that person actually hears that message, they know you're, you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. They feel like you have, you know, they feel seen, they feel heard. And they also understand that you have the solution that they're looking for. And if you don't, you know, if you are just doing general and wide fish and wide cast and catch whatever fish you want, sure, that might work. But when you're able to actually find a niche and understand who you're serving, it's going to be a lot easier to create targeted content and targeted material, which is going to allow you to also find your tribe that I was talking about earlier. That's awesome.
1: And then are you creating content... Like right now, how
0: many different platforms you're creating for? Yeah, so primarily it's always been Instagram and Facebook. That's what I started with. Uh, More recently, it's been a little bit more TikTok. And then most recently, I actually started my own YouTube channel Mm -hmm. um, just a few months back to kind of showcase just like beyond just a picture and a caption, more video content around my story, around the workouts that I do, around the foods that I'm eating, um, you know, and everything like that which is awesome. I
1: think like videos, of course, like the best way to communicate. What are you finding that is difficult, like creating that type of content? What are a couple things that to you is like keeping you from like growing or like that you just find challenging?
0: Um, As far as things that are keeping me from growing, it's like everything in business. Like once you get to a certain place in your life and you take that self-responsibility, you realize that it's not the algorithm. It's not... Um, you know, like people not commenting or liking it, it comes down to yourself, right? So if your content, if you're following is not in the place that you want it to be, how is it going to get better is by you actually putting more out is you by improving your content, upgrading your message, upgrading your delivery, upgrading the, maybe the products that you're using to actually capture and film and everything like that. I think What's unique about video is it requires a little bit more effort yeah. than just typing away um, and putting out a caption and doing a photo shoot a couple weeks back and just pulling photos from there mm-hmm. um, because it's more authentic, right? It's more real. And, but in, that's also why it's King because yeah. people now they can see, they can see the, you know, the excitement, they can see the expressions and they, they just get a better understanding of who the person actually is. So for your goal and the things that you're trying to
1: build, if you could do anything, what is that big goal that you will go after?
0: Yes. So something that I'd love to do is I've done a great job of creating an online community um, you know, with my clients and everything like that. And what's nice about having that is you know, not only do you have your support from your coach, but now you have also other people that are on a very similar journey who have similar backgrounds, who are going to be there to support you, be there to share their own knowledge and advice. And something that I'd love to do in the future is actually host a retreat. My online clients get to meet in person and I get to create that safe space, that environment full of other people that are on the same journey and just allow them to interact in a new way would be a dream come true. Um, Not just for me, but, you know, I think for the people that would attend as well. That's awesome. So when is that happening? Very soon, hopefully. I need a deadline. I, I, I want to come and see that. I have I've promised myself once I hit 50 active clients that that is exactly what I'm going to do no matter how busy I am or what the circumstances are. So we're working towards it. Um, you know, I kind of have that correlation there. So once I hit that 50, we're, we're going for it. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you like this episode,
1: make sure to hit the like button, subscribe and send this to a friend and we'll see you in another episode. Take
0: care, everyone woo all done.